Hello, friends. I'm Luke, and I serve on the music team at Holy Family. We continue to hear stories from people like you who listen to the Holy Family podcast and consider Holy Family your church. And whether you're someone who's constantly on the go, hasn't found a church community where you live to which you can belong, or someone who's wondering about the shape of your faith, we are honored to be with you by sharing these reflections from our Sunday liturgies. We rely on the generosity of our congregation, which includes you wherever you listen, to help our ministry achieve and maintain financial health. If this podcast has been a gift to you, would you consider making a contribution so that we can continue offering resources that welcome questions, curiosities, and doubts? You can make a gift by following the link in our show notes. That's at holyfamilyhtx.org. From Holy Family HTX, an Episcopal church for people without a church, this is the Holy Family Podcast, a collection of ideas about leading a Jesus-centered life. We clearly explore the church's understandings while bringing our own questions, curiosities, and doubts, and we never demand fake agreement. Theological exploration is just better that way. So, let's take a moment of silence as we get ready to contemplate today's ideas. The resurrection is not a religious event, writes Herbert McCabe. This is rather an important point, he says. There are some Christians who think that the resurrection of Christ simply means that although he died, he merely lives on in the faith of his followers in the church today. Now, The basic basic objection to this idea that he's just living on in our hearts is that it turns the resurrection into a religious event. One that only makes a difference primarily to what happens inside the church, to church people. Whereas the resurrection is a cosmic event. The resurrection means that Christ is present now to the whole world, whether believers or not. The resurrection means not just that a church was founded. Resurrection means that the world is different. The church exists to articulate that difference. The resurrection is not a religious event. It is a cosmic event. And the thing about resurrection is it works whether you believe it or not. That's what makes it good news. The gospel according to John begins with a throwback allusion to Genesis. The Bible opens with this book called Genesis and its opening words are in the beginning. God created Well, John opens his book in the same way. In the beginning was the Word, 
Jesus. Which is a way to say that if Genesis is the Bible's way of talking theologically about creation, John's gospel is a theological account of talking about new creation. This is why today's gospel text opens by saying it was early in the morning on the first day of the week. Jesus had rested on the Sabbath in the tomb. And now it is the first day of the first week in the new creation. And Jesus gets mistaken for a gardener in this story. Or is it a mistake? On this morning, everybody is asking in the story, where is Jesus? Where is Jesus? Where is the body? Mary Magdalene comes to the tomb and she sees a stone has been rolled away. Where is Jesus? She runs and she tells Simon Peter and the beloved disciple, somebody must have moved the body. I wonder if you have ever known how it feels to search for the most important person while totally unsure about where to look. If so, this is your story. Maybe you are Peter. You see an empty tomb and you don't really know what to think, let alone believe about all of this. If anything, you walk away and wonder. Although, maybe that's not you. Maybe you're more like the beloved disciple. You see the empty tomb and there's not really a whole lot of math that goes on there. You just kind of go, well, yeah, okay. I'm in for that. I believe that. Belief comes easy for you. Always has. Probably always will. Or maybe you are Mary. Mary sees the empty tomb and all she can do is stand there and weep because this is one more loss that life has dealt you. And it seems life like seems like life continues to be perennially cruel to you and keeps dealing you cards that you're not really sure how you're going to handle it, but it doesn't feel fair. And all you've got left are tears. Now, as Mary is weeping, Jesus comes and is there with her. And she has absolutely no clue that Jesus Christ is with her. So if you are a person who has come today with more tears than words, take comfort. Jesus Christ is with you even now while you weep. In the story, once Jesus speaks her name, then she recognizes, oh, it's you. Friends, our recognition that God is with us always comes long after God's arrival. You have never been abandoned by this God. You have never been alone. And if right now you think you are alone, hear the good news. God is with you. That's the whole point of the resurrection. There's no take backs. God has come to be with you. 
God has determined never to be other than to be with you in Jesus Christ. And once Mary finally awakens to the pre-existing reality that God was with her, Jesus then gives Mary the Easter morning sermon. Do not hold on to me. This, my dear sisters, brothers, and siblings, is also our Easter sermon today. Do not hold on to me. Now, I get it. You may think that somebody like me and a get up like this and a place like this would tell somebody like you that you ought to hold on really tight to Jesus. Give it everything you've got. And by God, when it comes to belief, you better have all of them all the way down all the time. And yet all of that is pretty absent from Jesus' Easter morning sermon. All he says is, don't hold on to me. And you might expect me to encourage you, don't be like Peter. Get over it and just believe. Muster it up. You might expect me to exhort you, don't be sad. It's Easter. Just wipe the tears away and put a smile on your face in Jesus' name. You might expect me to persuade you that really the person in the story who got it right was the beloved disciple because they just always believed. But I think that is telling the story from the wrong perspective. That is putting the emphasis on the wrong point. In love, it's really not about you. And thanks be to God, it's really not about me. Resurrection, it's not contingent upon you or me believing it. It doesn't like become false if we say, I don't go for that. Resurrection is God's truth. Resurrection is God's free act. Of course, it's a great thing to grow in your belief and in your wonder. And there might even be some days where you say, I'm like really into this. This works for me. But I just need you to know that there is no shame for you if you don't have it in you today. Some of you, I, I get it. Some of you really, it took a lot of effort to get here today. And you need to know that God sees that. The whole point about resurrection is that it's about God. We always make life about us. Could you just for one moment lift your eyes and make it about God? Too often people come to the church for help. And the church eventually always just turns people back onto themselves. And all of our advice, all of our counsel, all of our help boils down to, well, you go figure it out. You go find the faith. You go concoct the prayers. When instead, we ought to be telling people, you're trying to carry it all on your own. Stop. Cast your cares upon God. This, is too, this life is too much for one person to shoulder. Stop trying to do that. Put your hope in God. Stop trying to be God. You're a wonderful creature, but you are not God. Let God be God. Instead of 
trusting that God has already given us more than enough of what we need, we keep accusing God that God is holding back from us. We always think that God is being stingy. We always think that God is being scarce. The resurrection is when God throws all of the chips on the table and says, I've given you way more than you can ever handle. The resurrection is an overabundance. God has come to be with us, and frankly, we don't know what to do with it. It's not that God is holding back. It's that we don't know what to do when God has been this good to us. We are being brought back to life by a living God, and that is not something that we do ourselves, which is good news. Our problem is not that we just needed a little extra push. Our problem is not that we needed just a little bit extra help. We are people who settle for ways of death and then just kind of shrug our shoulders and say, well, that's life. And we are still emerging from a pandemic. Racism continues to prove its crushing dominance with the death grip that it has always had on this country. We live among a people who, in the words of Willie Jennings, continue to be seduced by the allure and the power of weapons. Instead of marveling at the creativity of God, we get scared of people and bodies that are different than ours. If we were able to save ourselves from these ways of death, you would think that we would have made a little bit more progress by now. Our problem is not that we need a little help. Our problem is we keep dealing in death and calling it life. But resurrection only works on things that are dead. And so maybe we've got a God who can work with people like us. Resurrection is something that only God can do. And so this Easter, I encourage you to resist the urge to turn this Easter into yet another opportunity to make it all about us. Those kinds of religious games are nothing more than religious games. They're honestly not even that interesting or helpful. If you're really trying to like hope that God might make God's dream for the world come true. Easter is about God and God's work of bringing people to life. Easter is about discovering just how deeply loved you have always been by God. Easter is about discovering that even in your worst moments, even then God has not abandoned you to the grave. Easter is about discovering when all of your resources are out, God has a whole lot more. And God is carrying you and holding you up and putting breath into your lungs right now. Well, we tried to hold this God down on Good Friday. That didn't work out so well for us. God comes back to say, do not hold on to me. I am a living God on the move, and I am intent on bringing all of you back to life. Instead, Jesus says to Mary, you go on and you tell everybody else that life has prevailed, and I am on the move. And I make no truces with death. I will bring you back to life. And every Easter preacher since has taken up the mantle of preacher Mary. She is the first Easter preacher. 
And Jesus encountered her, and instead of holding on to him, she goes out and tells others that whether they asked for it or not, whether they were expecting it or not, whether they were feeling particularly pious or religiously disgruntled, whether they had faith that could move mountains, or whether they weren't really sure about much of anything anymore, whether they have lived respectable, ethical lives that you'd point to and say, kids, grow up and be like them, or if they were just dirty, rotten scoundrels. She just went out and told everybody, Jesus is alive, and he's coming for you to bring you back to life. The resurrection is here, friends. It is not a religious event for merely religious people. The resurrection is for everyone. Even you. Find more resources to help you lead a Jesus-centered life at holyfamilyhtx.org. Again, it's holyfamilyhtx.org.